All right, let's check in with the wife, folks. It's time for the Pith of Pop, the podcast edition with my beautiful, also a Leo, wife, Jen. Thanks for joining us, Jen. Hello. So uh, what did you want to talk about this week? I hadn't talked about movies in a while, so I mm-hmm. thought we'd just um, talk about a couple that we'd seen recently. All right. And they are? Before Sunrise and Before Sunset. Oh, so actually those two films go together. They're a duology, not like a trilogy, but two films. Um, and they're both by... Uh, Richard Linklater. Mm-hmm, and he's done other films that uh, uh, you like. Days and Confused and Slacker, among others. Okay, so let's take uh, the films in order. The first film was Before Sunrise, mm-hmm. and that came out when? 1995. Okay, so set the stage for us. What goes on? Two people meet on a train headed for Vienna. There's um, Jesse, played by Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm, the He's, hipster American. Yeah, kind of an annoying hipster American. <laughs> meets Celine, played by Julie Delpy, who's a, a French girl. Just chance brings them together on the train, and they just, well, start talking. Right, and they keep talking, and they keep talking, and they... Well, fall in love. And, you know, here's the thing. I'm I'm not into chick flicks. And, you know, because a lot of them are not terribly well made. And and so I I was ashamed that I liked this movie so much. It made me feel like such a girl, you know. Um, But it, it happens in a very... I think a very real and authentic way. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if I'd put this in the chick flick category in the sense that it has a very different and very unique setup. I mean, basically, this film is nothing more than the two of them after they get off the train completely spontaneously together and start wandering around Austria. Yeah, Vienna. And uh, it's literally just their conversations. It's not like... Yeah, they um, start out talking about parents and parents' unrealistic expectations and then politics. And then, you know, it kind of turns to um, boyfriend-girlfriend stuff. You know, I broke up with my girlfriend. And and then they really make a connection. And um, you know, they spend a good part of the time figuring out if they're going to keep in touch. Right. I mean, uh, the film progresses from the small talk everyone gets into with random people. And eventually, you know, you can tell that they're in deep. But... Hovering over their heads the entire film is that tension because you know that eventually he's going to have to get on the plane the next morning to come back to the United States. So they're drawn together. They want to make the most of their time, but they can't stop thinking about how that time will end. Right. I mean, it, they, they're kind of almost in a, t- in a way wasting the, their, their time because they have a lot of conversation about what's going to happen when they go home. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite part of this movie, and this is the part from which I was completely drawn into it was um, when they go into the listening booth at the record store and they're kind of staring at each other but not staring at each other and from there I was I was completely transfixed I mean it's uh, it was one of those it's a it's an awkward pause kind of moment but it yeah. just it just sucks you in it just is, makes you fall in love with the movie because it's like Either you've been there or you wish you've been there you yeah, know, in exactly. that exact situation. Now, in this first film, Before Sunrise, um, there are some encounters with other people in the city. They meet up with a couple of random actors on the street. They also meet two other characters. They meet a uh, palm reader mm-hmm. and they meet a homeless or poor poet 
who's uh, sitting on the banks of the river. Right. And actually, those two encounters and how these two characters, Jesse and Celine, respond to these people tells us and tells each other a lot about their character. All right. The fortune teller tells Celine, she reads her palm and says things to Celine that really make an impression on her. And she's really quite wowed by what the fortune teller tells her. But Jesse is a skeptic. Right. And Jesse kind of writes her off as, you know, kind of a whack job and so they actually have a little bit of an argument about this right and they actually go is this our first fight already yeah and uh yeah and and it tells you a lot about their character um celine takes the time to say well you know this is what i think about you not usually the kind of thing you'd say on a first date but that's that's how far that they've gotten close and then there's the poet on the side of the uh, river who says give me any word and i will make a poem and once again you know celine's like that sounds wonderful let's hope this poor poet and jesse's like well it sounds like he has mad libs and he's just putting in random words right into it. he just he, he, whatever word you give him he's got a preset bunch of poems and again celine is just really disappointed that he doesn't have you know that magical side to him but they do make a connection they fall madly in love and eventually we find them on the platform of the train station the train is blowing the whistle the conductor's trying to get them on the train and they frantically try to decide what they're going to do and they determine we're not going to trade phone numbers. We're not going to trade addresses because that thing, that kind of thing never works. Right. What they're going to do is they're going to meet at the train platform in six months time at, you know, it's, uh, I think they said six o'clock in the evening. Right. Same train platform, same time. No matter what, we will be here six months from now on this spot. And uh, there's a very passionate melty kiss and uh, Jesse gets put on the train and the train takes off and uh, end scene. That's the end of the movie. And when this movie came out in 95, basically it was kind of a litmus test for people because half the people would say the point of the movie is how people connect in a fixed amount of time but go on, you know. Right. Just, that's it. It was. That's all it was. Just the encounter. Whereas uh, a hopeless romantic would be like, oh, they meet in six months' time, and they fall even more in love, and they run away together and have lots of babies. Right. So that brings us to the second movie, but it's not six months later. It is nine years later, which is in fact the amount of time that has transpired since the film came out. So right. before Sunset came out in two thousand and four, and uh, so. It's really interesting, I think, how Richard Linklater handles this sequel because he 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 lines it up. He makes it kind of a meta movie explanation for what's going on. Right. Jesse has written a book. Um, he is on a book tour. It has brought him to Paris, which is Celine's um, home city. And the book is about the night that they spent together. Yeah, basically, in the book he wrote is Before Sunrise. Right. And in fact, uh, when his googly eyed fans come up to him, they all ask him, you know, so is this a real story? Is there really a beautiful blonde French girl? And did you, in fact, meet up at that train station? And in fact, Jesse is smart enough to perpetuate that, you know, question. He goes, well, it wouldn't be the same. It's up to you. You decide. Do they get back together? <laughs> but, uh, of course, um, while he's in France on this last stop of his book tour, who should walk into the bookstore? Celine. But Celine. But once again, we have a time limit. Right. He has about an hour and a half um, before he's got to get back on the plane and back to America. And the great thing about this movie is it happens in real time. Mm. You know, 
the story takes place over that hour and a half before he's got to go back. Right. The uh, before sunrise was a, was a, was a whole evening compressed into a movie, but in this case, we literally have the same amount of time. We watch them as they walk around. But basically, the movie follows a very similar model of the first. It is about the deep and not so deep conversations that they have as they walk around. In this case, um, France, Paris. Mm-hmm. And uh, but whereas in the first film, a lot of the conversation was either getting to know you or about possibilities and potential and the future. Um, this movie was sort of the reverse of that, I thought. Yeah, it's about wasted opportunities and bitterness and things that are going on in their lives that could could improve. Um, Jesse is married and, and has a, has a son. Um, Celine is an environmental activist. Uh, who is dating, I guess, a war photographer, a war mm-hmm. correspondent. And it's interesting because in, in this film also, there's a brief kind of period of conflict as they try to mesh together again because, you know, she is she's an idealist as far as the environment and she rails against the evil American empire and stuff like that, which, of course, Jesse takes personally at uh, at first. But like you said, in a very clever way, this film happens in real time. We also do not have any really drawn out encounters with other people. This movie is really just the two of them. Yeah, pretty much nonstop. Um, and I, I think in the second one, you actually see different sides of Jesse and Celine that you didn't quite see in the original. You know, you can kind of see the rough edges that Celine has and you can kind of really feel the the bittersweet nature of, of their conversation. Well, what I like about the film is that, again, this movie and the actors are all nine years later. They've all grown up and they're coming to terms with not being as young and not having all of the possibilities ahead of them that they used to. And I think anyone watching this film can understand and identify with that a lot. I think we actually benefited in some way. We cheated in a way because we watched these films end to end. And I can only imagine how much differently we would see this whole experience if we did also have to wait those, what, nine Nine years years between these two movies. But just like before sunrise, before sunset, and somewhat ambiguously, you know, Jesse has to make this flight, but he keeps really pushing that back. Here, let me, you know, take you here. Let's get on the boat. We'll meet my driver here. Let's um, go to your house. I want to hear you sing. Right. Take me back to your apartment. You told me you write music. Let's hear some of that song. And uh, it's a, a just like that moment you had that you liked in the music booth in the music store in the first film. There's a scene in the second film where they're going up the stairs to yeah. her apartment. And just the energy in there is just so delicious. I loved it. And uh, yeah, he gets uh, her to sing a song. And there's a pregnant pause. And she says... Baby, you're going to miss your plane. And he says... I know. I know. And that's the end of the movie. And again, you know, you find it as a litmus test to your internal nature, I think, because as soon as that movie ended, I was like, well, do you think he gets on that plane or do you think that he stays and a whole new future is ahead of them? So what did you think happens after this movie? What happens to Jesse and Celine? Well, I must be getting cynical in my old age because I, I think he gets on the plane and they never see each other again. Right. And then maybe I'm getting more romantic. I said, well, maybe he misses that flight. Maybe they have a little fling. But I also agree that realistically, and again, because now I'm an old fart and not a dreamer, he has to get back on that plane and get back to his uh, life eventually. But, uh, you know, again, two really wonderful films and so simple in their execution. It's hard to believe that it holds your attention considering, again, you're watching two long conversations. Yeah, that's what's what's really brilliant about it. And I think that's why Linklater gets a lot of acclaim is he knows um, 
what works with what kind of movie you know he he sticks to very simple angles and and follows them in a very simple way to really keep you engaged on their conversations i mean it it's such a natural uh portrait of two people it 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 seems like i mean did richard linklater actually have this experience was he jesse somewhere sometime? yeah actually i i read on a forum that he wrote um the, the story based on an experience he had oh. in new york city I did not know that. Uh, it's interesting that there's a real-life story, and it, in fact, makes the setup for the second film even more interesting. But he's still a talented guy. He writes well enough to suck us into their world. So you really like these films a lot, though. Yep. In fact, you watched them after we watched them together. Maybe a couple times or, or three. <laughs> so highly recommended. Uh, once again, Jen, what are these two films? Before Sunset from 1994, directed by Richard Linklater, starring Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. And Before Sunset from 2004. With the same wonderful pair, add them to your Netflix queue today. Definitely. Add them together. All right. Thanks for joining us, Jen. My pleasure.